Hello everyone, this is Coach Melvy. How are you doing? It's Friday, uh, February 14th, here on, um, on a very sunny Friday, um, Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you out there. If you don't have a significant other still, happy Valentine's Day to you. This is the uh, day, the day, a day, um, to not just this day, but it should be every day that we express love for others as well as ourselves. So if you don't have a significant other or, uh, you know, husband, mate, um, whatever, then take this time out to give yourself some extra love. You deserve it. Um, don't wait around for someone else to give it to you because you're just as important as the next person. So treat yourself and there's nothing wrong with that. On this Valentine's Day, what is my subject? I haven't been here um, in a while, but I am going to be short before you because today is going to be a busy day for me. Not really, but I do have some things I want to take care of, but I did want to come to you today to spread some love. The one thing I want you to think about is starting over. Some people do not like to do that. Um, even though they know in the back of their mind, this is something that they truly need to do. There are some things they have a hard time letting, well, we have a hard time letting go of because we feel like we've worked so hard to get to a certain place in our life. And sometimes along our journey, the things that we've inquired may not be the things that need to keep continually go on with us. For the rest of our journey so we need to learn how to let go and not hold on to things so tight but enjoy them in the time that we do have them in our presence and that could be materialistic things as well as people um just just because someone starts out with you in life does not mean that they're gonna continually be in your life throughout the rest of your journey is that coming from a negative place not necessarily. Um, there are some things that happen to you in life between you and another person that um, pose negative repercussions or whatever. But in the end of those, there's always a lesson because that person is in your life for a reason for you to learn something and to grow from it. But um, sometimes because we don't know how to end the relationship or walk away from it, we're more concerned about hurting their feelings than what where we need to be in life. So we hold on to things and that can become baggage in a way because, you know, it's weighing you down because you feel accountable to that person and you don't want to hurt their feelings. But at the same time, you're stressed out. Your anxiety level is completely through the roof. And you're not sure exactly which way to do this. And some people will pull on you to that point because they want what they want and they will, you know, whine and complain. And sometimes you just have to give them a flat out no. And it's not because you do not love them. It's not because you don't care about them. It's because your journey is taking a different direction now and it may not include them. Um, and sometimes because we don't know how to say no, the universe, God, source, 
will cause situations to happen between you and that person or in your lives to separate you. And sometimes it may be between you two, or sometimes it just may pull you apart because you have no choice but to let it happen. It has to happen. You have no choice. Um, but I want you never to be afraid to start over because there's a, t a season for everything. Friendships, love, marriage. And I know in marriage, they say till death do us part, but I'm going to be real with you. That is not always going to be the case. And it's not always because someone has committed adultery or someone has passed. Again, everyone in your life is a part of your journey for a season and a time. And yes, things do happen where people get married and then things don't work out. And depending on where you both are in life, you may just have been in that marriage and you've grown. You know, there was one point you probably did love that person to a certain extent, and then you've grown. And it's not that you don't love that, excuse me, you don't love that person, but it's just that they're no longer a part of your journey. And this was a good thing. You know, you don't want it to become a bad thing, but some people don't know how to understand that part of it. That's why me personally, I'm just saying this, me personally, I believe, so I don't want anyone to take on my understanding but after seeing so many marriages come and go and the ones that have stayed, I personally believe till death um, do us part um, through uh, the good and the bad and the, the ugly, whatever the vows are. I can't remember them right now. Um, I don't think that should hold a person in a relationship if both parties are really not happy. Because then you're, especially if you have kids, you're promoting stress in the kids and the kids are enduring what it is you think you're hiding and it affects them more than you know. You think it's just about you and you're hiding it from the kids. And even if you're not hiding it from the kids, they suffer more for you being in the relationship than you being out of it. That's not the case for all marriages. Some, some families survive it. Um, some, some families survive the battles within and they make it through it and they heal and they become stronger but again it's not for everyone so no one should be condemned for the decisions they make in their marriage or if there's one person in the marriage that's unhappy but there's one person who's trying to fight for it to try to hold someone to do something that they're not happy to do is just as bad because you're putting undue stress on yourself trying to make something work that's not there anymore and you're not realizing that Source may be giving you an out because there's another journey that you're supposed to be on yourself. So why hold on to something that you think it's supposed to be forever, but it was only for a short time in your journey. So we need to learn to take the lessons and that come from that journey and not always negative lessons. And, and, and that's the one thing I want people to understand. Everything you go through in your life that hurts, that you're in pain from, it's, it's part of the journey. It's part of your journey that quite... Frankly, you don't even realize, but your spirit chose this journey before you came here. And again, I always tell everyone, if your spirit knew, if your body or your flesh and your, your ego knew what your spirit knew, you wouldn't have picked the journey. You would have said, I changed my mind. You would have said, nope, I changed. I don't want this life. But spirit is spirit. Spirit has no emotion. Spirit has no feeling. Spirit is Spirit comes down here to experience something that 
spirit can never experience because it is not a emotion. It's not a feeling. We're just here um, to, again, live it, um, experience the journey. Find out what it feels like to hurt. Find out what it feels like to lose someone. Find out what it feels like to die. You know, the experience of it literally is a part of your journey. Um, and everything else in between, heartbreak and love and, you know, wealth and being poor, whatever your journey is right now, you get to experience that. It's an experience. Because when you take your last breath, you go back to being a spirit and spirit does not again have a feeling. So these are some things I wanted to share with you because we're, we're, we're in this realm of fear where we're afraid to experience whatever we're afraid to live because we're afraid of what could happen if we do whatever, or what could happen if that, you know, if I do this, because, you know, what about that person's feelings? And sometimes we don't do no one ever on this earth. Unless they're programmed to be that way and they've gone through their own little trials and tribulations in life, you know, literally plan or want to hurt anyone. But once you've been hurt, hurt people do hurt people. So it's a programming, you know, and there are triggers that happen because of those programmings and it causes people to do things. And all of a sudden there's a, a defense mechanism that kicks in. There's a survival mechanism that kicks in. There's a. Um, what do you want to call it? A a uh, vengeful uh, mechanism. Something happens within the chemical compound of your body that causes people to do the things that they do. And most people feel like, you know what, like he shouldn't have done that. And he knew better. We don't know most of the people that are doing these things. So for us to sit up and say they knew better, we don't know what life they've lived, you know. Take, for instance, a person who commits suicide. I don't care what you do. You have kids and you shouldn't have done that. And you were being selfish and you were being that. Did you walk in that person's shoes? Well, I don't care because I would have done that. You know, he wasn't thinking about. No, he wasn't. And quite frankly, that person who commits suicide is not thinking about anyone else because simply they're trying to survive. And what we seem to fail to realize is we came into this world alone and we're going to go out it alone. You can't climb into that casket, that urn or whatever, or that heat box where, you know, to die with that person when it's time for them to go. No. So when it's time for them to go now, if they choose, you still can't go with them. It's you being selfish because you want them to be around longer because of your emotions and because of how you feel. But their life is not your journey. It's theirs. And sometimes, again, people don't realize that we all have individual journeys and we have chosen our lives. We chose our parents that we came through because we knew the life that we were going to have. We knew the, every incident. We can change it if we want to, if we, if we, you know, if we uh, have the mindset to do that or the spiritual mindset, the awakening enough to do it, there's some things you possibly can change the course of your life. But if you don't, then it'll be what it's going to be. You're not going to know it, though. Yes, yeah, sometimes it would be nice. But then again, at the same time, again, if you knew you would not choose that path. Basically, what I'm trying to say, I'm giving you all these different examples because I want everyone to realize that life changes. You change every year. You change. You have changed to be a different person 
from the time you were born to the time you die. Your personality changes, your wants changes, your needs changes, your desires changes. What you wanted when you were a teenager, you don't want now. What you wanted at the age of 20, you don't want now or vice versa. Um, it depends on where you are in life and what age you are. You change. You become a different person. You grow. You learn. You can become better or you be, you become worse. But change is inevitable. So if you're going to change, you may as well make it a good one. Learn from your past decisions. Learn from past pains and hurts. But don't hold on to them. Let them heal you. Grow from them. Don't. Um, don't soak in them. Or try not to soak on them very long because, again, everyone's journey is different when it comes to healing and recovering um, from whatever it is you're recovering from. The key of the whole point of this message is to allow the process to take place because you can't do anything about your past. You can only grow, learn, and get better. What's important is how you live now and Every day, you should get up and be grateful for that new moment that you get. It's a now moment, and you get to say, I get to change my life right now. So, I'm saying that because I have been, I moved to a new state. I moved to Tennessee from Michigan in 2017. And I'm being very transparent at this point in my life. Uh, at this in this recording actually and um, I just filed for bankruptcy I never in my life ever considered it because of the stigma that most society puts out for it as far as bankruptcy oh my god you shouldn't do that you know you feel like the lowest person on earth but what we fail to realize is life happens now most people who file for bankruptcy some people I'm not gonna say all people they do it 25 times they do it every seven years or however many times they need to do it. And they make the same mistakes over and over again. The key to bankruptcy is cleaning up because there are some things that happened in your life. Some hardships that you just couldn't catch up with or make ends meet with. And you hadn't planned on your life being like that. I mean, think about the homeless people. I'm pretty sure none of them planned on being out in the street like this. Sometimes some things happen because some of them, whatever their life situation was, you know, it may have been alcohol, drugs, whatever, and they lost everything. Things like that happen. But even in bankruptcy, you look at the situation, you see where you made your mistakes at, or if you made mistakes, you may have, and you do whatever it is you need to make it right the next time instead of having to go back and repeat the process again because you have a lot of People out here who are really trying to get their lives in order, you know, whether they're dealing with alcohol or um, narcotics, whatever it may be, but learn from it. And it is a fight sometimes. Some people have addictions with gambling. You just don't know what their lives are like. You know, unless you walk in their shoes, you don't know what they've dealt with again. But don't be afraid to change. Don't be afraid and think that you have to go back to the same pattern of living because that's not true. You know, the things that you desire that you really want to be can happen. I've seen it happen. Um, I've seen people who have had their lives turn around, you know, from drugs and they are living in beautiful homes now and have beautiful cars and they're living happily. 
They're not trying to be the most wealthiest people on earth. They're not trying to be, you know, I need to stand out, you know, um, but they learn their lessons and they're better for it. So that's what I want to share with you today. Yes, I did file for bankruptcy and it felt good because my situation from moving from Michigan to Tennessee, my income changed drastically. Like I dropped from almost $27 an hour to $12 and 50 cents an hour. So coming down here, trying to start fresh was not easy. I had the vision, the vision was in place and it actually happened the way I saw it, but the finances didn't, I didn't plan in for the, I didn't um, have the vision for the finance part as clear as I should have, but it's okay because again, it's a learning process. And so because of that, I've had to play catch up so many times. I've had to use one of my 413s um, all the way out. I mean, literally, and it wasn't, you know, that was supposed to be my savings for my retirement. But again, it's a learning process. So I did what I needed to do to survive. But I know that source takes care of me and everything that I need. So I don't have to worry about anything when it comes to living. And um, once I filed the bankruptcy papers today, to get the ball rolling and, you know, meet with the um, creditors and everything. And I walked out the office of the bankruptcy office and everything seemed so different. I came back home and I walked through my door of my apartment and I just, when I walked in the door, I opened the door, I stepped in and I closed it back. I didn't go anywhere. I just stood there. And just looked over the apartment and it looked like it was brand new. All of a sudden, everything felt new. Everything felt like there was a weight lifted off of my shoulder. And I just took a deep breath and I felt like, okay, I can do this. I can start over because the last almost three years have been very, very hard. Um, Again, a couple of things that I hadn't planned on doing, I ended up having to do. But, it, you know, trying to pay Peter to pay Paul, rob Peter to pay Paul is not easy. You know, you're thinking you're getting over and you're, you're working this job and then you're out driving Uber and Lyft all nights. And, you know, it's just you just couldn't seem to catch up. So there are some things I've had to sacrifice and let go of. And I've had to get back on doing my budget. And what's funny is I knew how to do a budget the whole time, but because Everything seemed to be falling down around me. I just could not get my mind to stay focused because everything was just too much and overwhelming for me. But eventually I decided, okay, it's time. So yes, I had to let go of my car and actually it was a relief because that was financially, a, it was too much for me. You know, like I said, my income was different when I first got the car, so I was able to handle it. Don't feel bad about it anymore. So I found other means of transportation now. Instead of being the driver of Lyft and Uber, I'm the rider. <laughs> and it's not so bad. You know, I stay positive. I think positive. I put positive affirmations out there about everyone. My drivers, I bless them with love and safety and healing and help and no danger and no harm. As well as everything in my life. And I know the source is going to make sure that I'm taken care of as well. So this is my new beginning. And it has taken a long this last two and a half years, I've had to do a lot of cleansing spiritually, mentally, and physically to see where I was and where I needed to be. And I, 
it wasn't just finances. It was a lot of the things that I had still had not been cleaned of or cleaned from, cleansed from since I had left home from Michigan because I went back home and met, I, I moved back home to Michigan in two, the 1999 from California. I had never planned on going back home, but again, finances were too much for me to deal with where I was living and the income was very high and I wasn't making enough. So I went back home so I could go back to school and have help with my son. And my family was a very, very, very huge support. I can't thank my family enough for being there for me while I was going to school um, to get my two degrees and my son grew up high school and everything. So he was around family as well. It was a blessing to be around my family, but now my son and his children are still there and um, I had to leave again. It was time for me to leave. My journey there had been, you know, gone again and there were still some remnants left with me spiritually and mentally that I had to finish and after this bankruptcy, I know that they are finished and I'm actually happy about it. I'm at peace. I don't feel like there's anything tugging at me where I have to go back because of someone's going to make me feel guilty. I have more control of my life. Um, and I'm good with that. So I just wanted to share this little inspirational post with you. Just to give you a little picture of what I'm going through a little bit and try to help you know, help you understand that you don't have to stay where you are. It's okay to follow your gut instinct to go, to do whatever it is you need to do to change or be who you want to be or need to be. And I'm sending you all love and light, peace and blessings. And this is Coach Melvy signing off on this wonderful February 14th Valentine's Day. And most of all, I'm sending you love. Take care and God bless. Greetings to everybody. This is Coach Melvy. How are you doing out there tonight? What do I want to talk to you about? I want to talk to you about healing and what it feels like. And I'm going to be my own little testimony for you. So healing. Is it a pretty word? No. Is it easy? No. Is it quick? Definitely not. It took me over 20 years to get literally about 21 to be specific. I think probably 22 if I were to be, you know, exact about it. But 20 no less. So if you read my book, and I do have a book by the name of What the Hell, A Life Testimony by me, Melvina Ford, Coach Melvy. Um, and it talks about my childhood, um, some of the things I dealt with growing up as a kid, the loss of both my parents at different age, different ages, at different times in my life, um, you know, the different traumas that I endured growing up and going into high school and then adulthood and some of the bad choices that I made um, due to a lot of, a lot of people don't realize that trauma uh, causes you to do certain things in survival mode or because you're lost mode and everyone feels like they should have known better. Unless you walk the path of something, some things, and I know, I know some, everyone is not perfect. 
No one is perfect, first of all. Second of all, no one on this earth has walked um, unperfectly. It, it just, just, you know, we've all had to, you know, deal with some things. You know, however you dealt with it, you had to figure it out. And some people have not healed from those things because it's too painful. Some people don't want to heal from it because they just don't feel like they should have to or um, they don't want to do some things that it takes in order for them to heal because they think it has to do with the other person, which is not true. You know, like number one, forgiveness. Forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for you because even though you say you forgive and you can say I forgave, but there's that but. And the minute you say but, you just cancel the forgiveness out because you're trying to find an excuse, you know, just to put it out there to make it seem like you forgave them, but you truly didn't. Truly didn't. Truly. It's just one of those things. Let me hurry up and get this over with so I can go on in my life when you truly have not. And I can tell you how, because when we think we've forgiven something and then that person comes back up in our mind or, you know, whatever, we have those same feelings that we had before. The same bitterness, anger, mad, whatever, hurt, pain, trauma, it comes back up again. That means you haven't forgiven that person. You know, when you've forgiven, you've truly forgiven and you've healed. Forgiveness is a part of the healing process. But when you've truly done that, you can think about the situation and it not hurt anymore. You know, um, a lot of us say we believe in God, but we will not walk that path. Because we say we're, because we say when well, you know Jesus is gonna have to take care of that. No, this is your journey. This is your path. This is what you're supposed to be doing for yourself, not for someone else. You know, this is Jesus did what he needed to do. He had to forgive a whole group of people for, you know, putting him on the cross. That was painful, don't you think? That was the ultimate, you know, unforgiveness. He he didn't have to forgive any of them. But guess what? He did. But he was in flesh then, just like we are now. So, you know, I'm not going to speak on forgiveness. Stay there. But I just want to tell you that that's a part of the healing process. So if he could do it, then who are we? We're no different than him. He was flesh when he was here. You know, he could have done a whole bunch of things according. But he didn't put his power of intention out there because he was trying to set an example for the rest of us to let us know the path that we're supposed to be going in order to get to the next level of um, of being with, um, you know, Christ-like. So, what did I go through? I'm not going to tell you the story, but I'm going to tell you what it felt like. The minute it really all started to hit me in the very beginning of it, I was lost. When I was in the psych ward, I had already, I had attempted suicide. That was the second time. And I was numb. I was lost. Life for me at that point was just mute. I didn't. And I had a son. He was seven years old. I love my son dearly. He was the light of my light. 
But I felt like I had brought him in the midst of some situations that I probably shouldn't have. You know, what was I, well, I was asking my own self, what was I thinking? And how could, you know, what, why, what, what point in life did I lose myself? You know, and I, all I could think of was the love of my father. My father raised me because my mom died when I was three. That's all I could think about was my father. He was my, I was a daddy's girl all day long. I was the youngest of siblings on both sides of my family. And, you know, I was a baby. I was a daddy's girl, spoiled rotten. And that's all I can remember when I took those pills was I want my father. I want my daddy. I don't want to be here anymore. I want my mom. My mom had died when I was three, like I said, but I want my mom and my daddy. I don't want to be here anymore. It was like a part I, I had become a child again because the world became so bitter and so cold. And it was like I'm re, I've, I've relived this before, this pain, this pain of people that just hurt people, and, you know, and wow and why and I don't understand it and it's confusing and love is not love and this is what I was feeling and over over the years you know I even when they took me to the psych ward and I saw all those doctors and the only thing they did was they didn't help me they made me feel I didn't need to be shamed any more than I was already shamed you know, I had, I was already there on my own. I didn't need anyone else to tell me that. So, you know, the doctors that were there, they didn't make me feel any better. So if I wanted to try to take some more pills, <laughs> they probably would have been, a, you know, the accessory to that, you know, and it makes me think now that, wow, this is how you get the people on the medications and stuff and they're lost on meds because you talk at them and make them feel bad then they feel even worse than they already did and so now that's like yeah i need some pills just to cope with the pain that they feel but yet they want you to come up out of the darkness and accept it well i can't accept it because you keep throwing dirt on me and that's what i got out of it so i i lied myself out of there within 12 hours out of i was out of there they brought me in at 2 30 at night from the hospital after me drinking charcoal and then I was out of there at 2.30 the next afternoon. 12 hours. But I was still lost. I had, I didn't understand life. Again, still numb. Didn't understand so many things. And still suicidal. I just didn't want to go through that process of what I went through when I went there to the literally the psych ward straight up they put me in the back of a, a white van I remember and it was caged and I just I thought I was in a movie but again 20 years of unearthing painful memories from childhood um, teenager adult young adulthood and it just, when you're lost and you're, you don't even realize the trauma that you've been because you just try to survive every day. You get told to, you can't cry. 
you know, that's what I was raised as. My dad told me, you can't, don't cry. Crying never solved anything, but that was a lie because when you cry, you're healing. You're releasing these things. You need to get it out. So for a parent to tell you to stop crying, it's like, what? You know, I never was made to feel like I could cry. Even as an adult, someone told me at a church I went to, um, if you cry in front of the men, they think you can't handle your job. What? I think that was so chauvinistic. And it showed, too, because there was one situation where I had to go to a funeral and it was someone dear to me. And I had to, I went, left work and came back because at the time I worked at the church. And I was trying to get my mind focused and the person that I was talking to was a man. And it was like, the minute my emotions seemed like they were about to come up, it was like, oh, well, you can go home. You ain't got to stay here. You can go home. And I was so in shock about it. And that wasn't the first time that happened. Um, but I knew that I could not have any emotional bearing. And I think that's a male thing. I don't know. Maybe it is a male thing. Where they don't know how to handle when a woman cries. They, they get discombobulated. So I was lost. And then there were family members that they didn't really help too much either because, you know, they talked to me. Well, you knew better than that. You shouldn't have did this and you shouldn't have did that. And, and da, 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 da. God, I should have, you know, it was like leaving the psych ward, didn't go to family house, and they say the same thing, you know, not one time for a long time. Did anyone hear me? My cry, my pain. I pretty much had to do it all myself. And it took me 20 years, the whole process, to realize everyone handled the situation the best way they knew how. And that's exactly what I did. I handled my whole life the best way I knew how. I was raised by a man, so I only knew how to react on certain things. You know, I, I only knew how to act a certain way, be a certain way. Mentally compartmentalize things a certain way. Until I found who I was. And when I had that mirror moment, finally, it broke me down and so me bits and pieces I had to go back and figure out why was I upset about this why were I was I triggered by this and you know why do I feel certain things about certain people this way it was overwhelming how much was unearthed even after I wrote my first book because the first book was pretty much what I had been through initially but then it was time for the healing which was the second book and I'm still trying to finish that one I was about to put it out but then something's like no you're not finished so here I go again um writing the second book and trying to put some bits and pieces of that together but then I'm realizing so much healing and I'm I am so grateful for the fact that I took the time out to realize that yes Melvina you need healing and I th I'm thankful to source the creator for being there with me to help guide me through it all. And so now I try to help my son with those triggers as much as I can because he's also on a separate journey. Can't make him do anything. I can only plant the seed and um, pray that it goes on good ground. But healing is painful. Healing is not easy to look at or deal with. But 
in order for you to be able to live the life that you want to live and live the life that you deserve to live, it's going to have to be looked at. It's going to take time and it's going to be a lot of tears, a lot of pain. Oh, wow. And you know, it's, it's, it's going to be okay. That's what I want to let you know. At the end of it, it's going to be okay because it's part of the journey. Learning about how life is here as a human. A spirit living in a human costume basically is what we are. Because this is not our home. Every human on here, we're not from here. And they say that's in the Christian book, but, you know, it's everyone, everywhere. We are only in these fleshly costumes for a temporary time for an experience. I always envision the Lion King movie and say when they go up the stage play or the play, when they go around and they're in these costumes and they're in these costumes for how, who knows how many months to a year or whatever each year. And... You know, they have to play this part, become this character. And that's what we've done. We've become the characters that we're in this body. But eventually, we're going to have to hang the body up. We're going to have to hang this costume up. And we go back to being who we truly are, which are spirit energies. And spirit energies have no feelings. But while we're down here, we get to experience the emotions, the, the, the ups and downs, the good and the bads. And through that, we get to understand and experience healing, forgiveness. When we can step outside of it mentally or um, in our spirit mind and look at it from the standpoint of I'm outside looking in. And then you see, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm going through. But it's not real. And it's hard for the mind to take that. What do you mean it's not real? This is what I'm feeling. Yes, you're feeling it because you're in a human body. And you're feeling it. You're in this costume. But eventually, all of these feelings are going to cease to exist once this body ceases to exist. And your spirit comes out of this body and goes on to its next phase on the, its journey. Whatever you pick. You go back to source, which is the ultimate creator. Of everything so I made it through it and I know there's my that my journey is, is not not over yet I know that my journey I have a long way to go and a lot more things to experience in life but it feels like a cloud that was is finally removed from me I found strength I found power within myself I found my voice and it feels really, really good. So I want to share that with you because I want to let you know that you too can face the pain. Even though I had to do most of it alone, I'm glad that I am being used as a source to help other women to go through the pain but not alone because no one should have to go through it alone although some people do end up going it alone because that's just their journey like it is mine so i encourage you i'm sorry i encourage you all 
to seek a coach, a counselor, someone to help you through it. Because sometimes in order to heal, you need to know who you truly are. And that means going back to everything that happened in childhood. And you need to have someone who understands what trauma is, who understands that going back, it's going to take time, you know, and that you don't need anyone pushing you, making you feel bad or shaming you whatsoever. Healing is a process to help you become a better, greater you, a stronger you, not for someone else, for you and to experience what it feels like so you can share with someone else. So. If you're interested in any coaching or counseling sessions or healing sessions, I have meditation healings, I have Reiki healings sessions, but just remember, I am not the healer. I am the source. I am the um, medium that is used for the healing because healing, actually, we, we heal ourselves. Just like the body has the capacity to heal itself if we do the right things for it. If we put the right foods in it and do what we're supposed to do and take care of it, the body will heal itself. And the same thing goes for healing our minds and our spirits as well. We do. We are that. We are the healers. The only thing coaches and counselors do are lead you to the gate and help you open it and show you through. But you're the one that walks through. So again, if you need, if you're seeking any coaching or any counseling sessions, ladies, because that's who I'm speaking to. Or any man that's listening to this, if you know of any women, because that's my actual specialty. I'm not going to turn anyone ever away. So if you are a man and you're listening, you're more than welcome. But it's basically for women because of, is the, one of my taglines is the heart of a woman. Look me up on rebirthholistic.com and sign up for your classes. You can also find me on Facebook under Rebirth Dimension Holistic Healing. You can find me on Instagram, Rebirth Dimension Holistic. And just catch up with me. Until then, you all take care and God bless.